Welcome to the Hiker Trash Podcast. This is a project of Local Exposure Magazine. My name is Ronnie Pettit, and I'm your host. The Hiker Trash Project began with my curiosity about why people through hike the Appalachian Trail, or any long trail. I wondered why they do it, what they gain from it, and how that experience might manifest itself in their life after the trail. I spent an entire year following, photographing, and interviewing through hikers on the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine and all the way back to Georgia. I put all that, those interviews and photographs, into a 200-page coffee table book. And now we're going to continue the project as a podcast. So listen along as we track down some of the people we met along the way and interview new hikers and find out, did that experience change them or... Did it simply provide the context to reveal who they already are? You can find out more about Local Exposure Magazine on the internet at localexposuremagazine.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at local.exposure.magazine. The intro music for today's episode was provided by Scott Lowe. He's a Northeast Georgia-based singer-songwriter. You can find him on Instagram at Songs. American Lager, and I have Lazy Hiker, Trailmate. Hike your own hike, they say. On today's episode of Hiker Trash, we have Flo Must Go and Hippie. <laughs> say hello, guys. Hey. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start out with your trail names. Flo Must Go. Where'd that come from? Well, my trail name, it's just Flo. Flo must go as my oh that's your Instagram. Instagram but that's okay people can know that is Flo your name <laughs> Flo is my name Flo is my trail name but Flo's not your real name Flo is not my real name okay so this gets more interesting my real name is Jackie but Flo is my trail name because I had really bad allergies in Georgia because we drove from New England to Georgia and on the way down they progressively just like exploded and when i was on trail we had to keep getting off i had to shower to get the pollen out because it was just so bad hippie was like you're dying we need to go to a walk-in i'm like no i have this under control and be like in a hotel sink just like (laughs) trying to evacuate the mucus from my face and i was neti potting on trail it was like it was just a whole thing, and eventually the only thing that made it better was Flonase. Oh, so when Flo-nays that happened, <laughs> when Flonase saved my life, I, you know, hippie was like, "We can call you Flo," and I was kind of like, "Eh, I don't want to be defined by my allergies," but I eventually accepted it because I thought about it more. And my grandmother's name, who is no longer with us, her name was Florence, and we called her Flo. She was very adventurous and whatnot, so I was like, okay, I'll be Flo. Okay, that's a good story. I, I thought this was going to be about snot. 
<laughs> well, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, not far out. <laughs> there was a lot of snot. Okay, Carly Ray, your trail name is Hippie. Yes. A spell H I P P E A. All right. Yeah. What's the trick there? Uh, before the trail, I was photographing a vegan festival, and my dear friends who run the festival, they had a ton of hippies sample packs. Hippies are these vegan cheddar puff snacks. Oh. Uh, so they gave me a ton of them for the trail. I put them in all of our packages along the trail, and I was just eating them along the trail. Um. And a trail name was not coming to me, and Hippie just sort of happened out of that. At Standing Bear Hostel, we solidified it. We did. Yeah. <laughs> which is in Tennessee? Yeah, which we were there last night, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing like a, a rewind. Yeah. So that's how that happened. And I'm definitely a hippie, and I was vegan for a long time. So Are you vegan now? Uh, vegetarian. Actually, being on the trail, it was pretty impossible to stay vegan, so I am now a vegetarian. Did you start the trail as a vegan and then say, oh, crap, um, I'm going to die? I, <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, I became vegetarian again after hiking a lot. Flo and I were hiking in the White Mountains a lot during COVID. And we came off a mountain. The only restaurant that was open was just, like, serving eggs and breakfast food and I was just like, screw it. I am starving to death. We just hiked a 4,000-foot mountain, and I need, I'm just going to eat eggs. It's the only thing on the menu for me, and I'm going to do it. Away we went. Did you happen to run into Beanbag and Blackbird sisters? Mm, I don't. They were they vegan. Sound, no. And I, when I first met them, I was like, you're going to die. You're just going to die. <laughs> and it's, it's no, I saw them again at A-Ball going into Baxter State Park, and um, they said they survived on Skittles and gummy worms. Being a traveling vegan is very hard. But I can imagine. Yeah. So let's go back to how this all started. And you can take turns, answer whoever wants to go first. But why? Or how did this come into your mind? It's like, hey, this sounds like a good idea. Let's go hike the Appalachian Trail. Well, I think it started with me. Even though Hippie may have had the idea in her head beforehand. We, I mean, I was a teacher. I taught art for like 10 years. What age, grade? Um, Grades one through five. Nice. Yeah, it was really fun. Side note, I taught art for two years. What? No Elementary way. art. Oh, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool, really fun. I put my whole heart and my whole life into it. Teacher of the year. Really? That's yeah. pretty amazing for an art teacher. <laughs> I was teacher of the year in 2019. You must be really, really amazing. I mean, people say some things about... She's amazing. About some things. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was so amazing that I worked myself to death and I like needed something new. I wasn't spending much time on my art. I wasn't really 100% fulfilled. I love teaching, but I, I couldn't be in one spot all the time. So I forget how the Appalachian Trail clicked in my head. Oh, um, during I this... I a joke about it. Well... 
Usually that happens because she's a witch. But, <laughs> but a good witch. I went to Rattle River Hostel in New Hampshire because we were doing a lot of hiking up there. It's no longer a hostel there. Um, but I met a bunch of hikers on who were hiking the AT coming through there, and I was able to talk to a lot of them. And I didn't even know that hiking the AT was a possibility until then. And when that had happened, I think it kind of like triggered something in my brain and it was there. I didn't think immediately like I need to go hike the Appalachian Trail. But when I started having these feelings about not wanting to be a teacher, I kind of was like, oh, uh, maybe this is something I want to do. And then COVID happened and I had a lot of time to think at home like a lot of us did. <laughs> and we started hiking more. Um we did all of New Hampshire's 48, 4,000-footers, um, which might not seem like a big deal to someone around here because I've realized that a lot of the mountains in North Carolina are like 6,000 feet. But when you're hiking in New Hampshire in the White Mountains, you're hiking like 3,000 feet up. There's no switchbacks. And the, and the tree line up north is like somewhere around 3,000 feet, right? Yeah. I think yeah. the tree line in the south is... 6,600 yeah, so, or something. It's so different. It's crazy. But we kind of got addicted to doing that. And so you put all those thoughts together with the like intense hiking. And then it was kind of like, well, the next logical thing to do would be to hike from Georgia to Maine, obviously. So I said something and then Hippie was kind of, or Carly Ray at the time, was kind of like, okay. Let's do it. There was no, there was I basically no. was like, well, I'm not staying here, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing where I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go hike the Appalachian Trail. I like send it in a, in a text to like my best friend. And Were you roommates then? No, no. She, we were both like, I think at that time we were just, we were working together because we were both photographers and we had started hiking together but when COVID happened and we were photographing weddings like every weekend when COVID happened, we had all this free weekend time. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, the hiking, the, the 48, 4,000 footers, mm-hmm. those are primarily day hikes. Oh, so mm, yeah, they they take a, a day, but we were doing a lot of them at sunrise. So we would leave, um, well, I would leave Connecticut at like 11 PM and I'd pick up Carly Ray in Western Mass at like 12 p.m. And then we'd get to the trailhead at like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., maybe 3 a.m. In the winter, mind you, we did a in, lot of winter, in the winter sunrise to get to sunrise. And it's very calculated, you know, because you don't want to freeze to death up there. You can't be up there waiting for the sunrise. You have to get there at sunrise. And so we did a lot of them that way um, because we have a kind of extreme nature we um, were trying to h- hike off some stuff. So. <laughs> we had some baggage. <laughs> Emotion, emotional baggage? Emotional and physical baggage. We're both very emotional. You know, if, if anybody knows the Enneagram, we're, we're Enneagram fours with three wings, which are, if anybody knows, very emotional. Yes, we're talking as one human. <laughs> so that um, that involves some camping, you know, some overnight camping. So um, you, it just involves not sleeping. Gotcha. Wait in the car. Yeah. We did one backpacking trip with some friends. Um, and we, our packs were way too heavy. 
Um, and then I think maybe we did another one, which was shorter, but we didn't do a lot of, it was on the Appalachian Trail, but we didn't do a lot of, you just said Appalachia. (laughs) I have to, because it's, we're, we're we're in Appalachia right now. How do you say it? Appalachia. (laughs) You remember the t-shirt from Trail Days? Yeah. And it's spelled out Apple Appalachia. Well, I grew up saying both ways. Like if I was going to talk about the region, I would say Appalachia. But if I said the trail, I usually said Appalachian Trail. But after, like, seeing that shirt, I felt so shamed that, you know, wow, I grew up here, and, man, I'm dumb. That's, well, it's <laughs> so confusing. I don't know. Everybody has so many opinions about it. I don't even know. Well, we walked into the store today in Franklin, North Carolina, and the woman kept saying Appalachia, right? No, she said um, welcome to the to the store. Everything is from Appalachia, and I'm like, we're from Appalachia. <laughs> it's <laughs> up just north in the North Country. <laughs> it's just up the ridge. <laughs> wow, that's funny. So Carly mm-hmm. Ray or hippie? I, I assume does your story kind of follow that since you guys were hanging out together? Or? Um, it definitely does. So because we were spending so much time together, and she, well, she f- finished her forty eighth. 4K in the White Mountains, and she was kind of like, what am I going to do now? And it may have been an idea already, and I was like, well, hike the Appalachian Trail. And then when she said she was going, and whoever wants to go with her can, I was like, I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also was struggling a bit with some, like, traumas at home that I wanted to, like, take this journey and get away and heal from all these things at home that I had been dealing with. And I found this scholarship online called the One More Day on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, It was in a Facebook group. And so when I saw that scholarship, I just felt like it was another sign to take that step and, and do this trail. And I applied and I got a partial scholarship. And oh, wow. um, yeah, so this family, they're the Loftus family. Their son, Nate, hiked 700 miles of the AT. and he. What pa- year was that? Do you remember? I believe 2018 he hiked. And then in 2022, they launched this scholarship to support through hikers who are seeking healing financially. Um, so that was just another stepping stone in solidifying the journey with what, Jackie. What were the um, requirements or what? You know, how did you... What was the application like? The application was basically just like if if you are struggling with obstacles in your life and you're seeking healing, um, and I was. So uh, they their son, Nate, who had hiked the 700 miles, he passed away from an accidental overdose. And I really just related to the story because... Um, my significant other from age 12 to 26, he passed away in a uh, tragic accident from alcohol and drugs. Uh, and also my older brother was struggling with substance use. Um, so I really needed to get away from home where all of these things took place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to walk off some stuff. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. How, how can people find them? Do you know? Yeah, it's one more day on the Appalachian Trail dot com. Okay. So you can go read about Nate's story, donate if you would like. And yeah. That they're is, amazing. They're amazing people. They're good cool. friends of mine now. 
Yeah. All right. So you're like, we're going to do it. We're doing it. And you, that's it. The mindset. Like, if you're going to do it, you're doing it. Like, so what about gear? And Because, you know, day hiking or sleeping in the Subaru is one thing, but like, this is a whole different world. Did you, how'd you learn about the gear and gather all that stuff? I fell into the internet and swam around in it for, <laughs> for a I while. Just copied her. It's, yeah, it's, I, it's I contaminated. So many videos. I wa- I read so many things. Um, I ended up like trying out some things for like a year or so before we went, um, like my pack and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a lot of, I had like a spreadsheet going at one point, (laughs) but I got kind of crazy with it. I don't think you need to get that crazy with gear. I think the best thing to do would just be to like go out to the Appalachian trail and see what everyone has and ask them about it. Yeah. Um, definitely like when we were out there, people had certain things and I'm like, oh man, like. That's pretty cool. We kind of joke, like, after you're done with the thru-hike, you're ready for a thru-hike. Because you don't really know exactly what you need or want until you're out there experiencing everything. Yeah, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody. Yeah, it's almost like... The weight like, uh, counts. Say again? <laughs> the weight counts. Just lightweight oh. shit you need. Yeah. It's almost like um, people should just go for a month and then get off the trail for a week. And then get all the stuff they really need. Yeah, mm, not a bad idea. Yeah, that would make sense. But I think a lot Go of the stuff we, a lot of the stuff we had, like it did work out pretty well for us. Except because, for my shoes situation. Oh. Tell me my that, my feet just kept expanding and getting bigger, and like no boot that I put on was working for me. What, what and, size are we talking about now? <laughs> okay, so I started the trail like size nine, nine and a half. So I got a 10, 10 and a half boot. You need that another size up to have room for your feet to swell through hiking. But I ended up in a size 11 women's. At one point, I had to buy a men's boot because there wasn't a size big enough in the women's department <laughs> for my foot to go in. Um, And it just seemed like every hundred miles, my foot was doing something different. I was getting blisters. Like, I don't know what the deal was, but I was struggling. So that is a good point to like, go do a long hike before you do a really long hike. What, uh, what kind of socks did you wear? Most people wearing like the darn tough, like thin. Yeah. I I had darn tough. I had darn tough. The sock liners and then the. You had the Ingenji. Yeah. How do you say Ingenji? And toe ginger, liners, yeah. they're like toe socks. And darn tough socks over Were you that. wearing boots or like trail runners? I had boots. We both had boots. Yeah, but mine were barefoot boots. Barefoot so boots. they're very light and flexible. Barefoot I had boots? all kinds of boots. Vivo barefoot. Yeah. I, I did try percent. trail runners at one point, but they didn't work for me. I felt like I needed more ankle support, so... Yeah, I'm old school, so I always tell... The way I learned was your foot wear depends on the weight you carry. Mm. So with uh, all these light packs nowadays, you know, you can jog with a pack on just Mm -hmm. about. So people are wearing the trail runners, but, you know, my heavy pack, you need that extra support because if you're off camber, you know, Mm -hmm. your foot's just going to roll right through Mm -hmm. like a running shoe. Makes sense. 
Um, was there a point on the trail, and if so, about when and where, that you got up one day and you're walking along and you're like, this is just what I do. This is my life. I get up and I hike and I know what I'm doing. I feel comfortable. I know how to set things up. I'm not necessarily afraid. And this is just my life. I feel like I felt like that right away. But I <laughs> but I had all that hiking experience prior, so that's true. I did do a lot more hiking than Hippie did, but I don't know. Overall though, I feel like I do enjoy and like hiking more than than Hippie does. <laughs> I don't know if you hike that much. I guess you hiked. Well beforehand. I mean, I've always been an athlete. You've hiker. always hiked, but I mean beforehand I guess I did more like White Mountain yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> so how about um, you but how do you feel about hiking i always say that i hate hiking because it's hard and i struggle a lot <laughs> and it's just an ongoing joke now so what were you getting out of hiking. it why did you keep uh, going no obviously there's something that keeps bringing me back to hiking um i always feel really great when the hike is done and over with <laughs> Um, you know, you're <laughs> proud of myself. Yeah. You know, I do it for exercise. I like being outdoors, obviously. Um, there were a lot of days on trail that I felt really strong, but it was always when we were out there the longest and not getting off. So it was like maybe the third day or so, I always felt like I'm going to conquer this mountain and this hike today. I feel really good and strong. And then we'd get off and go into town. And that first day, being back on trail after being in town, it was like, this sucks. <laughs> I do not want to put my pack on and hike. And the second day, you feel kind of gross. You're like, you had just showered. Now you're all sweaty and mm, nasty. Then the true. third day, you just surrender to the filth. And you're feeling strong again. Surrender so. to the funk. Yes. <laughs> it's true. We spent a lot of time at hostels. We did a lot of hostel hopping. So that affected, you know, when we were off trail. And it was a lot harder to get back on trail once you were at a hostel for a few days. We liked to stay too long. At do the do you do much slack packing? Oh. We did. Ugh. Yeah, the first time we slack pack was like it was so such an uneasy feeling because it just felt like you were cheating almost. Mm. Well, once you start, you can't stop. Yeah, once you slack pack once, you're screwed. It's a it, all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> then you just slack pack any chance you get. The, the purists are like, Ugh. yeah, they're they're yeah. like, we're like around. passing the because you typically would slack pack southbound. Okay. And we were going northbound. So like back to the hostel or back? Yeah, exactly. So we would pass all the northbounders that weren't slack packing. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you're just like, light as a feather. <laughs> and they would all get jealous. And then eventually you would see them doing the same thing. Because <laughs> we that did happen. Yeah. At first they'd be like, oh, you guys inspiring. are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd see us further down the trail and they'd be like, you inspired us. <laughs> Do you have a favorite memory or spot from the trail? Mm, I do. The 100-mile wilderness uh, was always a section that called to me the most, even before the hike. Um, 
but it was full of mushrooms, which I'm so infatuated with mushrooms. And it was like any kind of mushroom that you could ever think of. It was just covering the forest floor. There was bodies of water. Everywhere we stopped, it was like, ooh, we want to camp here. Then we'd walk a little ways. Oh, we love, let's camp here. Um, so that was just the most beautiful part. And I, I knew that that was going to be my favorite part prior to. How many days did you take to go and through? And it was the best part for me, too, because we were out on the trail the longest during the 100-mile wilderness, which was like eight days, I think, we were out there. Yeah. Did you have good weather? We took our time. A lot of people do it in like what five days, but we took eight days. We We had great weather. Yeah, it was amazing. I I camped at Abal Bridge for five weeks, and I would just catch catch uh, hikers as they came out. Yeah, and there was a a week or so where the it got cold, it rained for you know a few days, and people were coming out. They were coming out of the hundred mile wilderness looking like they had been in a fight. <laughs> like first you step out and they can't open their eyes because there's like there's the sky's clear and it's open and they they've been in in the in the dark forest and um everything's wet, you know, the tents they and clothes emerged from the wilderness. Yes. <laughs> One guy uh Eupter, He uh or flapjack was his uh flapjack he came out and I met him on the road and I, I said, Hey man, can I, you know, I'm doing this thing. Can I take a picture? And he obliged and he said, Oh, that's cool. And he goes, all right, man, I, I got to get going. I, I, uh, I ran out of food like two days ago. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like, go get a hamburger. Oh, it's funny. All right. What about a worst or low? Oh, I've got a, I've got one for you here. So the smoky mountains, we're beautiful and we love them, but I think we were in the Smokies for three or four days. I don't really remember what, what it was, but it doesn't matter. It was raining every day. It was cold. All of our stuff was wet. We were wet. Every night, everyone would be at the shelter, like starting a fire with wet stuff and everyone would just be trying to dry their stuff around the fire and everything was just dripping wet. Everyone was cold and freezing and not in a great mood. So the last day in the Smokies, we pushed our first 20 mile day and we were like, we just need to get out of here because our stuff is wet. We can't stay another night out here or, like, we're going to freeze. Setting up camp in the rain, breaking down camp in the rain. Mm-hmm. It was awful. just, like, it was it was awful. And it was windy when we were hiking. It was just windy and foggy. And there, were, there was nothing great. The trail was a river. <laughs> so oh, when we got to Standing Bear, it was like seeing an oasis in a desert. And every there were so many people there drying their stuff out by the fire there and making pizza and drinking beers. And it was just one of the best moments because we had just been through like some of the worst oh, days. <laughs> Definitely our lowest point on trail just because it was so... I mean, we lucked out otherwise. We had great weather last year my like super lowest lowest point was crossing into the main uh border from new hampshire or after the hardest mile the mahusik notch mile Mm. and then there's like a straight up incline after that mile i was in tears just like ready to for real tears for real tears just like screaming to my 
trail boyfriend like i need to get up i'm not doing this anymore i'm done did you hike together every day did you share gear no Uh, we didn't share gear we weren't together every day like most of the time most of the time we were together but there were there were times when we weren't together did you have a time where near the end you realize this is almost over and i'm not ready for it to be over Yes and no. We did like a weird thing where we flip-flopped from Harper's Ferry to Vermont and then went to Maine and then came back to Vermont. So like there was a lot going on with that. And then we kind of all stayed together after the trail, like our our tramley of sorts. It's kind of just like a lifestyle that continued after, and it's not over yet. Because look, here we are. We're still at an AT hostel. I drove my car here today, a year later, and we're doing this podcast. It's not over. It's not. Hiker trash is real. Yeah. So did you you finish your hike at Katahdin? No. No. Where did you finish? Uh, in New York, because is that was that we oh, got wait, yeah off why the trail in New York so that I could take a photography gig and then I actually got rushed to the hospital. What? Because I had an ovarian cyst rupture. Holy crap! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we might have a mile or two that we still need to go back and <laughs> hike. But <laughs> are you gonna go do it? Or are you like now? Probably. We're good? Yeah. Like I said, it's not over. Yeah, we're still here. So we're still hiker trash. Did you have any expectations like for the hike in regards to what you thought you were going to get out of it? And if so, did you get what you thought you were going to get out of it? So I kind of went into the hike. I think I said this before. It was kind of like a doorway or a gateway to a different kind of life. Because I didn't want to be living a life where I was in a career (laughs) as stable as that was. I wanted to try something different. And hiking the Appalachian Trail was kind of like that gateway to get there. So, you know, I'm at the other end of it now. So you didn't go back to teaching? I didn't. I did go back for a month and I subbed at the school that I taught at. Which was really cool because I still know all the kids. I was the art teacher, so I had everybody. Teacher of the year, yeah. in fact. <laughs> it was kind of like being, a, you know, it's like being a celebrity. I show up there and they're all like, oh, Miss Cedar, like, oh my gosh, where I get that were a lot. you? <laughs> and I did tell them before I left that I was going to write an Appalachian Trail children's book. Um, while I was hiking, which is like, I brought my iPad mini and everything. I was going to draw while I was out there and I never did. Um, you're doing it now. I'm doing it now. Are you? Oh, I kind of realized that. Do you have a title? Um, not yet, but I kind of realized when I was subbing that I have a little window of opportunity to like still get this out there to them before they forget about me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. So you, is is that when you started doing photography for money? Um, When I was teaching? No, after. After teaching? No. So I actually started my photography business the year that I started teaching. Okay. So I graduated and I only applied to one teaching job and I got it. And then I was already kind of doing my photography thing. 
Um, and they kind of grew together, photography and teaching. I was kind of doing both of those things at the same time. So you had something to come back to. Yeah. We sort of started our photography businesses close to the same time. Yeah. Um, and I was also teaching uh, art and mm-hmm. photography uh, for about four years prior to the trail. Yeah, we met each other through photography. We were both fo- um, photographing a music event. In New York. And you're like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> what's your favorite you dinosaur? Know, <laughs> you know what it was? Camera, it was <laughs> that most of the photographers I know I that I met in the music scene were male. So when you saw a female photographer, yeah, it was like, true. hey, girl, like, holy hey girl, shit. Hey. <laughs> let's do something together. <laughs> yeah, you want to be my second shooter? Okay. What about you, Hippie? Did you have some expectations at the beginning? and, and um, As far as expectations, um, not entirely. I just wanted to go. I just didn't care what happened. I just needed to not be where I was at. Um, Were you that free-spirited before? I I believe that I was. I've traveled since I was a kid. Uh, my whole childhood, I have lived like every everywhere. And every year, my family would move. My first flight was to Thailand. I was four years old. And it was just kind of, it's just kind of been a, a pattern in my life. Um But as far as like having a lot of trauma at home for many years and my body was sort of holding on to all this stress and emotional trauma in a physical way and I had chronic pain. So part of an expectation was I was going to go on this trail and get rid of some of this chronic pain, which I did because after the trail, like I don't feel that physical pain anymore that I was carrying around, which wow. is amazing. That is amazing. And really helpful. So yeah, if you're if you have chronic pain, just hop on a trail. <laughs> for a while though. I needed to hike off some stuff for a long for six months. I like that. I need to hike off some stuff. I have this belief that these types of epic journeys and hero journeys and experiences like this don't necessarily change people so much as it reveals who they really are. You've always been. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, also I will say the transformation thing is cool. Um, And I'm also working on a book called Trail Name Tales. I photographed and took videos of hikers along the way and like documented how they got their trail name because we all get trail names during our transformative experience, which I think is cool. You step on trail to transform and you get a new name, which is fun. Yes. And so many people have commented uh, how refreshing or freeing it is to be able to live that alter ego. Yes. It just free from all Titles ties to yes. your baggage. You're just free to be different. So, mm-hmm. and You're I remember not associated with your shit. I remember <laughs> like sitting in a shelter with like a guy that's essentially homeless, me, which is about the same, a fighter pilot, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> and a preacher, <laughs> yeah, and a lawyer, and like it's all the same. Yes, that's We're pretty, all just human. That's pretty cool. I think a lot of people also have commented 
in interviews that hiking the Appalachian Trail and, and meeting the people on the trail has uh, restored their faith in humanity in some way. Yeah, the hiker community is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we met a lot of amazing people from all over the world, too. Like, we had we hiked with a lot of international people. You stay our, in touch with some people? Uh, yeah, our trail mom is from Singapore, and she was recently hiking. Hi, trail mom. Hi, trail mom. She, <laughs> she was recently hiking the Wall of China. Great Wall of China. (laughs) She's insane. Yeah, she's just like doing all these things. And our trail dad, um, he... trail dad. Hi, trail dad. (laughs) He's got a purple beard. Yeah, our trail dad is Foghat, and he's amazing. (laughs) He takes care of all the hikers. Um, Year after year, he hikes the trail and never finishes it. The ultimate trail angel. We think he does it on purpose to never finish because he loves the trail so much. Nice. Um, But there's so many people out there that... You know, they support the trail. They love the trail. They became part of it because they hiked it or if they, their loved ones have hiked it or they've seen people who've hiked it or they want to hike it. It's just, it's insane how many people the trail has brought together um, and from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you guys? I think we're both focusing on our trail books. We mm-hmm. want to get those published. And we really only live in the now. <laughs> there is only now. <laughs> the time is now o'clock, so we can't think too far ahead. We're both just working on our books, mm-hmm. and once we're done with our books, then we'll think about the next thing. The plan is there is no plan. The plan is there is no plan. How can it go wrong, then? <laughs> we can't. So for people, are, are you guys on Facebook? Are you in any of the uh, like Appalachian Trail? We're on all I, the media. Okay. Well, you Trail Name Tales on Instagram. That's the, where I'm at right now, and I'm at flow dot musco. Flow dot musco. I'm also hippie gypsy on Instagram. I'm also Carly Ray Photo. <laughs> I have a lot of names, a lot of pages. CarlyRayPhoto.com. We both have a lot of projects. <laughs> I'm also working on a hiker comic called Welcome to My Smell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This comic is amazing, and uh, I cannot wait till she actually starts doing it. It Ooh. exists, and it's coming, and it's so good. We <laughs> Welcome came up to with my smell. So yeah. many comics on the trail. So comics by through hikers. Welcome to my smell. It's coming, and it's going to be good. It's smelly. What advice would you give to people that aspire to hike the trail and maybe don't have a lot of experience? If you don't have experience, it doesn't matter. There are so many people out there who didn't hike a day in their life but they just wanted to do it. If you want to do it, you're going to do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And do not send yourself packages. You will get sick of everything. I didn't listen to everybody who said that, and I sent myself packages. And like probably by the fifth package, I just told my friend who was sending them to stop sending them because I couldn't eat anything in them. I was like disgusted by everything just resupply along the way you don't want what's in your boxes after all these years i can't eat oatmeal oh Um, i no. i haven't gotten sick of oatmeal yet i am done with oatmeal every morning yeah if there is one is there a key a secret to 
sticking it out and finishing the trail. A key to finishing. Nothing matters. <laughs> um, maybe it depends on how much trauma you're carrying around. <laughs> maybe you need a longer trail. I don't know. Like there are a lot of people out there who are just like happy, had nothing ever happened to them. They're just like, I just want to hike the trail and I'm going to hike the trail. And they finished and they were great. Um, some people are out there healing. I feel like my personal traumas at home were kind of like my fuel to my fire to keep going. Being in a tramley, do you ever feel like you are sacrificing or minimizing your own wants, needs, and desires yes. in order to stay with the tramley? Yes, 100%. It's like an unspoken obligation. Yes. Because sometimes you just want to hike that day and the other person doesn't, and it can get complicated. Well, all it takes is one. Jackie and I just wanted to hike, really. But then we met some people who didn't really want to hike. Well, but they probably saved us because we would have hurt ourselves. We would have hurt ourselves. We were put, we were we really were crazy pushing. hikers. We like, were crazy. And it was good that we were slowed down a little bit. But I will say, in a tramley, it only takes one. To say they don't want to hike that day, We're and then like, that's okay, it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and you What's just that? jump on that bandwagon <laughs> and like no arguments. real quick. You're just like, mm, yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that pressure. It was almost like intimidating, or feel like you're breaking up if you don't want to do what you know they want to do. Mm. I remember we were hiking with somebody that we just it just was annoying, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and was quite really attached to mm-hmm. us. So somewhere in Virginia, so you had to zero a few times so they would. Pass well, you. we did the we did the opposite. We and it was in Virginia, and with the weight we carried, we didn't do twenty mile days until we got into Virginia. But in Virginia, we like twenty, twenty four, twenty six, twenty seven, whatever. So we hiked all day, got way ahead, made a quick ramen dinner, and just kept hiking till midnight, and got ahead, and and stayed ahead in the dark. I always felt bad, but you gotta do what you gotta. It's do. So awkward. It's awkward. I've heard many stories like that. Do you ever put Doritos in your ramen? <laughs> I'm a Takis girl myself. Yeah, Takis and no. cheese. I have never put Doritos in my ramen, but I'm not opposed to it. I put all kinds Try of things out. in my ramen. Try it next time. Uh, my favorite ramen, like just like regular camping ramen, would be ramen. Mm. <laughs> if I have some broccoli or something, something green, I'll throw mm. in there. Um, maybe some canned chicken or some uh, sliced pepperoni. Ooh. And then I will pour in just enough loaded baked potato yep. flakes to just make it like a, a creamy, touch of a ramen like bomb. a creamy. Yeah. I like that. I like creamy ramen. I like that too. I understand. I, I love the shin black ramen. I can eat that three times a day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do. Yeah. I never got sick of ramen. You can't. I'm not sick of it no, yet. I want some right now. You can also cold soak it and like put the peanut butter and Ooh. the soy sauce in it to give like a peanut, peanut noodle. noodle. I've never I done that. that. It was like good. A, mm. So good. Some I used pepper to just flakes. Eat the peanut mm. butter. Mm. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic. Our, wait, there is no topic. <laughs> no, and people need the to know is, this. There is no plan. Just stick to ramen and peanut butter, and I like to take uh, like a summer sausage. Mm, yeah, 
cut that up and kind of like saute it. Yes. And it like gets Get all the, the grease and the flavors and then put the ramen on there. Mm-hmm. Or the potatoes. A little bit of hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Hot sauce. Always good. Butter. I like hot sauce. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Lots of cheese. Yeah. There was a guy out there just living off honey buns, though. So if that's all you like. Ugh, I don't think I could eat a honey bun again. I, I can't. ate a lot of them on trail. It's 500 calories, those big ones. So what else? What do you? What else do you have to say? Um, I don't know. What else? I live in a bus. You do? She lives in a bus. I do. I it's not here. Like, How big? It's a short bus. Did you build it out? I built it out with someone from the trail. Wait. <laughs> this sounds complicated. Her, her ex-trail boyfriend. My ex-trail boyfriend. Oh. It was a great time. But you got the bus. I did. I was the, the biggest bus. investor. And I'm going to hop on the bus, Gus. Yep. We're going to take the bus. <laughs> no need to discuss much. And we are going much. to yeah. travel around <laughs> the United plans, States Dan. of America. You are? Yep. The like, great... You too? Yeah, I think probably. Yeah, so we're going to make our books and then we're probably going to travel because we love it out west. You got room for a third? Oh, Let's hop go. on the bus, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> I live out of my 90. Coy, right? I, I, I live out of a 1995 Suburban. And what I, I don't regret, but what I, what I wish. <laughs> no regrets. It would be nice to be able to stand up inside. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. really cool when the to weather's be able bad. to stand up. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if I ever want, and I thought about doing a bus, but then I, a lot of places I camp are like four wheel, legit four wheel drive to get there. Mm. So if I always say, if I ever won the lottery, I'm going to buy one of those four wheel drive vans mm. with a lift kit on it. That's all built out with a pop top oh, yeah. and all that Pretty stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. If the bus was lifted and like <laughs> set up for off-roading, that would be really cool. Does I have it, seen that. Does it have a name? Its name is Ed. <laughs> well, because well, it's Ed because it has like a deck on the back, and when I was trying to think, it was original. Okay, it was originally the Purple Blazer, and that was too connected to its past. So I decided to rename it Ed after my grandfather Edward, who is um, the part the partner of Florence. So you know, I'm okay. Flo. The mm-hmm. bus is Ed. Um, and it's funny because there's like a deck on the back of the bus and we can say like, let's go hang out on the board of Ed. <laughs> That's corny. <laughs> That's so corny. That's not the main reason why. It's Ed, but... Would you connect that with the photography project? Um, I mean, we're photographers, so yeah. There's always, always. going to be a photography always. project. I always wanted to do that. I, in fact, once I bought like a 1982 RV, mm-hmm. and I was going to gut it, build a dark room because I shoot Ooh. film. That's cool. Long story short, <laughs> long yeah. story short, it was so rotten when I pulled the walls off, it, it just Ooh. crumbled. So I, that never happened. But the idea was to travel around with mm-hmm. my own little dark room, yeah. do <laughs> photography projects, Mm-hmm. Sell the prints or whatever, get famous, but you know. <laughs> so anyway, I'm in a 1995 suburban. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so actually, we have kind of thought of that a little bit. We want to go up and down the trail, collecting trail name tales from people and doing trail magic out of the bus, um, and 
doing that every now and then. Not all the time, but every now and then. Yeah. Just to kind of like be at least with the, the trail season. to be here. So the bus will be good for that. That's awesome. Is it painted weird? Well, <laughs> right now it's just tan, but I did want to um, paint a mural on it. I have a feeling. Paint it weird. Yeah, I have a feeling. It's going to get really weird. It's like knowing you the way I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you already know. It's going to get weird. You already know. You already know. <laughs> That's great. I want to thank you guys, Flo, Hippie, for being on here. I Thank you. The more I meet people that do stuff like this, the more, you know, it's like... I might be normal. <laughs> there is no normal. There is no plan. You and feel nothing matters. better about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, edit this out. Edit this out. <laughs> I, f- I feel better about myself. I feel better about people. Yeah. I feel that I'm not as weird as... I thought I was. It's good to be weird. It's inspiring. Um, it is inspiring. It's yeah. inspiring to see people say, "Hey, I think I'm going to go do good this." About what I'm doing, and now. then they go do it. Doing this, mm-hmm. yeah. Even right now, right here in this hostel basement, like I feel great about people upstairs and mm-hmm. what they're doing. Like they're doing it. They're doing what makes them happy. Following their passions, mm-hmm. leading the path of their own, mm-hmm. not following the path we all think we should be taking. Giving in to the flow. Yeah. Surrender to the flow. Surrender. Because the flow must go. flow <laughs> must go. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us today on the Hiker Trash Podcast. If you'd like to support this project, you can go buy a coffee table book or a fine art print. You can do it at our website, localexposuremagazine.com. You can show some love to Scott Lowe. He provided the music for today's episode. You can find him on Instagram at Scott Lowe Songs. Hey, if you enjoy this, tell someone. Send them a text, make a post, talk about it. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.